Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the LI Law Podcast. I'm your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law and how it relates to the 8 million of us who live or work on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings Counties. If you live or work on Long Island, this podcast on local and state legislative and judicial decisions is for you. Our guest on this episode is Lauren Lenakis, business advisor at the Farmingdale Small Business Development Center, also known as the SBDC, who will speak today about MWBE procurement opportunities in New York State and specifically in Nassau and Suffolk counties in New York City and why should you should apply for certification. Please check out the show notes for a full list of Lauren's credentials and contact information. Please keep in mind that we will not be providing any legal advice to specific questions. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, please tell our listeners about the SBDC and your role there. Okay, so the SBDC stands for Small Business Development Center, and it's located on the Farmingdale State Campus, and it offers free one-on-one technical assistance to anyone who has or wants to start a business. We're funded by the U.S. Small Business Administration and the state of New York. Um, In addition to our center in Farmingdale, there are 21 other SBDCs in New York. State. So you never have to travel too far to find assistance. And what is your role at the SBDC? So I help businesses with really any type of issue that they have, whether it's starting a business, growing their business, um, maybe they need some marketing assistance, business planning assistance, loan application assistance. All of our advisors can assist with that. So it sounds like you help business owners, whether they're starting a business or they've been in business many years. Is that correct? Exactly. Because especially with um, with government contracting, in order to get certified as an MWBE and to enter the government marketplace, you do have to be in business for, for some time. So we help startups, we help businesses that have been in existence for a while. Very good. So that's a great segue. Let's get right into government contracting. And could you please start by explaining the acronym MWBE? Yes. So MWBE stands for Minority and Woman Business Enterprise. Um, If you own at least 51% of your business and you're a woman and or minority, you can apply. Okay, so wait, I want to make sure that we understand. What is the definition of a minority for government contracts? Sure. Um, a minority is anyone who is from um, the Indian subcontinent, who is black, Hispanic, Asian, or Native American. Okay. And uh, as a woman, any type of woman, including, any type of woman. including a transgender woman. Um, that is an excellent question. Um, I don't know how many times that has been tested so far, but the, the, de- the definition is that you, on your government um, documentation, you, it states that you are a woman. Okay. So it has to be on a government document. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. Mm-hmm. So how does government contracting and MWBE certification apply to doing business, whether with New York State or any of the counties? Mm-hmm. So the government has done studies. They did a, the, the New York State government did a study a couple of years ago in 2016, where they look at, has there been a disparity in government contracts between women and minority-owned businesses and non-women and minority-owned businesses? Are we talking about the disparity between white male-owned businesses and everyone else? Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. 
And what did that study show? That study showed that there were significant disparities in the amount of contracts that were awarded to women and minorities versus non-women and minorities. Meaning many fewer contracts were awarded, correct? In proportion to how many have been, uh, how many women and minorities have applied to those contracts, if that makes sense. Okay. So there has been disproportionate amount of awards to non-minorities and women than to women and minorities. So is this program designed to fix that disparity, basically to award more government contracts to women and minorities as, to, as you've defined them? Correct. They are. It's there to level the playing field and eliminate that disparity. These aren't programs that have been kind of just thought up and, and willy-nilly implemented into the government marketplace. They actually have been well thought out, documented by research and are meant to help women and minorities gain access to more government contracts. And I understand that Governor Cuomo is very supportive of this program. He is a huge advocate for the program. Um, When he took office, I believe the goal for women and minority-owned businesses was 10%. So 10% of government contracts had to be awarded to women and minorities. Currently, it is up to now 30%. He's really increased the amount of percentage of, of contracts that have to be awarded to women and minorities. Are there separate certifications per jurisdiction or does the one New York State jurisdictional certification cover everything? It's really important when anyone goes into government contracting to understand New York State, New York City, Nassau, Suffolk, they are all different entities that operate very differently. So New York State has their own certification, New York City has their own certification, and Nassau and Suffolk have their each own certification. So if I want to qualify under this program to do business with New York City, the New York State certification alone will not be sufficient. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. Then means I have to apply to multiple jurisdictions for the certification. Correct. 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 Okay. And how does that apply to Nassau or Suffolk counties? Do those counties accept New York State certification or do you have to apply to each county as well? You have to apply to each county. Um, with Nassau County, the application is shorter if you are state certified. Um, with Suffolk County, it doesn't matter. You still have to do the full application. Okay. So are you recommending then that a uh, minority or women-owned business owner start with the New York State application first and then fast track into other counties? What is your recommendation? I recommend coming to us and talking about it because there are multiple strategies that a business can use in order to get certification. It has a lot to do with where you're located, if, if this is an urgent issue or not, because right now New York State takes about two years to get certified. And I understand that all of your services are free for uh, advice in getting certification? Correct. Okay. Very good. So listeners, be sure to look at Lauren's contact information and contact her for a free appointment on how you can get New York State or City or Nassau or Suffolk County certified. So what are the requirements and process for certifying as an MWBE business? Mm-hmm. Well, as, as we talked about, state, city, Nassau, and Suffolk are all different. But generally, they're online, except for Suffolk. Suffolk is a paper application. But um, state, city, and Nassau are all online. What are the requirements and process for certifying as an MWBE business? Well, since there is a New York State, New York City, Nassau, and Suffolk certification, each have their own application requirements. Most basically, the firm has to be 51% owned by a woman or minority. But most importantly, the certifiers want to ensure that the woman or minority controls the business. 
That means that the owner is the final decision-making authority in the business and does not depend on anyone else for office space or personnel. For example, it's it's really hard for franchises to get certified because ultimately the franchisor has a lot of control in the business. I've also had businesses that are owned and controlled by a woman or minority, but they allow their employees to negotiate contracts or sign contracts in their absence. And this is seen as a no-no, as the woman or minority must sign everything as it's you know seen as a loss of control. So that's the biggest requirement. Other general requirements are that you have to be at least one year in business. Uh, New York State requires that you have to be a small business. New York City does not, um, which means that you have to have less than 300 employees and your net worth has to be less than $3.5 million. And how does that apply to Nassau and Suffolk requirements? Nassau and Suffolk um, don't require that um, size standard or the, the net worth standard. Okay. And why would a business owner want to be certified as an MWBE business? You want to get certified if you want to do business with New York State or New York City or Nassau or or Suffolk governments. Um, As we talked about, it's meant to level the playing field between minority and non-minority businesses. So if you're a business that's a good fit for government contracting, you should apply because government agencies have goals that they need to meet. And so if you are certified, you are helping them meet those goals. As we talked about, New York State has a 30% goal. Very good. And how does the SBDC help business owners through this process? Well, I'll sit down with a business. Um, As we talked about, we are completely free. So it's no harm for you to come in and talk to us to uh, learn about government contracting, learn about the processes, the applications, and all of that. And we come up with a plan for you. We come up with a plan on how to find government contracts, what certifications you should apply for, where you should get registered. And so you really have a basic idea, roadmap of how to tackle government contracting. Very good. And what other services does the SBDC provide? We have a lot of different services that we can provide. We have um, different advisors here with different specialties. So we offer help with loan applications, business planning, marketing. We help with financial planning, financial projections, and government contracting, obviously, as, as my expertise. But really, any type of question you have about starting or growing a business, we can help with. Sounds great. So Lauren, both my law practice and my window treatment business, Your Shady Window Lady, are WBE certified by New York State, New York City, Nassau, and Suffolk Counties. Erica Chase, now the director of the SBDC, helped me through my certification process many years ago. So thank you, Erica, for Mm -hmm. that. Um, And now we're going to move on to our first weekly segment, which is called What is on Your Desk? About an issue or challenge facing one of your clients, specifically concerning a rule or statutes. Lauren, what is on your desk? So there's a lot of interesting things happening right now with the New York State MWBE certification. Um, First, New York State just changed the types and amounts of documents that they want to be provided. They're trying to reduce the amount of documents that they're requesting. Um, So that's a great thing for our businesses. and, And so I'm fielding a lot of questions about that. Also, the New York State Legislature is poised to adopt new rules for the MWBE certification. Uh, for example, they are increasing the net worth requirement to $15 million. They're also trying to increase discretionary purchases from 200000 to 500000 Can you explain what that yes. is, please? Discretionary purchases. Yes. So discretionary purchases are 
um, purchases that don't have to go through a formal bidding process. That means you don't need three quotes in order to award that bid, correct? Well, they still need to ask around for quotes, um, but they don't have to issue an, uh, an RFP. And what is an RFP? A request for a proposal, which is a formal um, document that can be as small as five pages, but as long as 200 pages outlining what the agency is, is looking for. Well, this all sounds very confusing. So I think it behooves a business owner to come to the SBDC and meet with you to figure out how to complete these forms correctly. Yes. <laughs> so on my desk is a matter in which I could not help my prospective client whose aunt recently suffered a stroke and is in a coma. The nephew wanted to know how to obtain a power of attorney so that he could access his aunt's funds to pay the mortgage on her house and handle her other financial responsibilities. Unfortunately, as the aunt is mentally incapacitated, there is nothing that can be done as she is not legally competent to make any decisions or sign documents, even if they would help her. The family is now scrambling to find funds to forestall a foreclosure on the house. The lesson we learn here is that we do not know what tomorrow brings, so we need to make the necessary preparations today. As Benjamin Franklin said, when we fail to prepare, we prepare to fail. And now to a matter that we are following with great interest, namely the proposed public transportation fare hikes only a few months after the MTA has raised LIRR and NYC subway fares. Now the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey is proposing an increase of $270 million in increased tolls on bridges and tunnels, including the Outer Bridge Crossing, Gothels Bridge, George Washington Bridge and others, as well as a 55% increase in the air train, which links JFK Airport with the Long Island Railroad and MTA's Jamaica stations in Queens. If approved, the increases would take effect in November. The Port Authority is accepting public comments until September 13th and holding public hearings as well. On a more positive note, the Long Island Railroad has rolled out a new initiative called the Help Point Kiosk, which assists riders with special needs. The Glenhead Station is the first to have this kiosk, which notifies railroad personnel on an arriving train that a rider needs special help, including assistance for blind riders and those who need a bridge plate to get their wheelchairs onto the train. An emergency button will also be available to solicit immediate help. The Long Island Railroad already has a care hotline, which riders with disabilities may call for help while traveling. These new initiatives come after four Long Island Railroad riders sued the railroad earlier this year for violating the Americans with Disabilities Act by not having elevators at stations. So it pays to speak up. Now we're moving on to a weekly segment called Only on Long Island in which we discuss interesting developments here on the island. So Lauren, what is your Only on Long Island comment? Well, as we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, New York State and New York City have done disparity studies looking at what contracts have been made available and whether women or minorities have taken advantage of them or have been awarded them. And they found that that there's been a big disparity in in what's been awarded and what's not been awarded to women and minorities. Well, now Nassau County is doing the same disparity study because right now there isn't, Nassau County doesn't have goals for women and minority-owned businesses. It's just best effort. You know, the person who wins a contract just has to make an effort to use a woman or minority on their contract. So there's no requirement that any MWBE contracts be awarded. Is that correct? Right. So in Nassau County, there aren't any goals. So they ask the prime contractors to utilize MWBEs, but they don't have to. So what is the incentive if there is no goal? What's the incentive to a general contractor? There isn't. There is no 
There, There is no real incentive except to help the MWBE community at this very moment. So the disparity study is is about to be rolled out. Um, they are looking for businesses to conduct the study, look at contracts, and see what kind of goals they can put in place. So it's actually a really exciting and promising time in Nassau County. Well, hopefully that will lead to more uh, contracts being awarded to MWBE businesses. My comment is part of our continuing segment on the poor quality of drinking water on Long Island. Town of Hempstead Supervisor Laura Gillen has established a committee of 12 residents and New York American water officials concerning the brown and black water coming from household faucets in their baths and sinks in the Lindbrook Water District, which covers parts of the South Shore and the five towns communities served by the private water company. As a customer myself of New York American Water, the sole water provider to my town of Hempstead community, which has a monopoly on water provision, I wonder why it's taken the town so long to investigate the poor quality of our water. Which leads us to our last segment today, Rest in Peace. We note the passing of Luis Alvarez, who died on June 29, 2019, at the age of 53 in Rockville Center from the cancer he contracted at Ground Zero on 9-11-2001. Alvarez was a Marine and a New York Police Department bomb squad detective. He recently appeared on Capitol Hill, along with John Stewart and others, to advocate replenishment of the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund, which Congress established to provide assistance to first responders and volunteers struggling with debilitating illnesses linked to toxic chemicals inhaled at ground zero. Payments to the afflicted first responders have been reduced by more than 70%, and the shrinking fund has not been restored, partially due to the refusal of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to bring the bill to the Senate floor. May the memory of Luis Alvarez be a blessing. And that's it for our seventh episode. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And I encourage anyone who's listening that is thinking about starting a business or has a business and wants to learn more about MWBE certification to definitely make an appointment um, to find out more. Excellent. Well, thank you again. And to our listeners, please be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are there, please rate us with a few stars with a review that could start. I just heard on the LI Law podcast that New York State is a setting aside $14.7 million to upgrade safety and smooth out bumps on 10 Nassau and Suffolk County roads, including Sunrise Highway, Great Neck Road, Jerome Avenue, Nichols Road, Route 110, and Route 231. Guardrail replacements will be made along the Southern State Parkway in the towns of Babylon and Islip and along the Northern State Parkway in Smithtown. What about repairing the potholes on Hempstead Turnpike? Well, the LI Law Podcast cannot repair your potholes on your street, but we can inform you, our dear listeners, about everything Long Island. We are your source for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.